Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hour number two of Oilers Now. It's a three-hour edition for today and tomorrow, and then we uh, go uh, back to normal hours, non-Oilers playoff run hours, starting Tuesday next week. Monday, uh, we'll have a show that is considered by many to be an oxymoron show for this show. Uh, best of Oilers Now. Uh, for You're only going to do a half hour, right? Is that what you're going to go in? And then you got the football game? What time yeah, is the that's football? all that's required. So good. likely well, to hear... Uh, there's been plenty of good audio to rerun. Well, we'll see we got it. football coverage, too. All right, so there you go. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. We are going to open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Burton Cummings takes the stage June 8th at the River Cree Tickets and more information. That's going to be June 8th at the River Cree. Tickets and more info at therivercreeresort.com. You can also text us on the Ashley Pine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. Um, here's what I'm going to do right now. I want to know from you. All right, what moves do you make? How do you improve the hockey team? Obviously, some of it has to be organically grown. Within, like the Oilers have to continue to grow and develop as individual players. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. What do you think? What do you think needs to happen? And it has to be a collaborative effort. I personally, I know Jay Woodcroft enough to know that he's going to do significant work and evaluate. Okay. What went wrong in the series? You know, what can we do from a coaching perspective? I know the top end players are going to do the, the the best players do that all the time. How do we improve management? It's going to be incumbent upon them to change, and it's not going to be easy because there's not going to be a lot of cap space. I do want to read this text from the Big L. He says, "Bob, I really like Ken Holland's end of the year address, and particularly." His green banana reference. Going to use that next time at the mic. Don't agree with the last texter that you read. Uh, the Big L says, Jay Woodcroft is a very thoughtful person, and regarding Skinner or any other Oiler player, uh, farmer with the big club, I believe there have been few coaches as thorough as this guy. He wants to learn, wants to improve, he wants to win, and I believe he won't slip on a banana peel. He and his team ultimately will win. That one comes to us from the Big L. All right, we're going to open up the phone lines, and we're going to start with Rob on line number one. Rob, you're on Oilers now. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Love the show. Listen to you guys every day. Uh, just about uh, improving the team overall. I think it's a focus that Woodcroft has to take on overall team defense because obviously with having, you know, is it three hundred point guys this year? Yes. Yep. You know we 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 need to focus on team defense because watching the LA series and the Vegas series, you watch how they backtrack and try to uh, track down our forwards coming back into their zone. Yep. That's what we need to start doing a little bit more. So I think just overall team defense and maybe a couple key pieces like maybe another shutdown D and a bigger body up front on a wing. And I think uh, next year we're going to win the cup. Well, uh, a couple things. Uh, the team the last two years finished 18th and 17th in goals against. 
Okay, the first yep. thing Jay Woodcroft did when he got uh, when he came up February tenth, and since February tenth of twenty twenty two, in the regular season, the Edmonton Oilers have had the second best record in the NHL, only to Boston. Boston's the only team that's had a better record. The first thing he talked about was the work back to the puck for the Oilers players. Uh, I don't think it was as good in this year's playoffs as it was in last year's playoffs. Um, and I agree, I agree with you. I mean, if they can get the goals against into the top ten with the way the team can score, you have to think they'll have a you know they'll be. Not, I still expect them to be a forty-seven to fifty-two win team. If they become a top eight team defensively, I think we're looking at a team that you know is fifty to fifty-five wins instead of forty-seven to fifty-two. But they got yeah. It's it's unquestionably an area now. How much of it do you factor in a rookie goaltender going sub nine hundred in back-to-back series? Well, yeah, I, I agree. Like in in the Vegas series, I think he just got outdueled in a in a young goalie that had something to prove, just like Skinner did. But I think, yeah, I think Skinner, I think he'll have a bounce back. Here. So do I. I. I'm a hundred percent confident that he is going to grow from this experience. Thanks for the call. Okay. Thanks. You bet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's go to Ed on line number two. Hello, Ed. How are you doing? I'm I'm good, Bob. How are you? First time caller. Okay. Long time listener. All right. Just out of curiosity, I just talked to the guy on the phone, and I, I asked him, "When was the last time the Canadian team won won the Stanley Cup?" 1993, 1993, Montreal. Yeah. Exactly. And before that, Edmonton, 1991. Uh, 1990. Right? The Oilers won in 90. Oh, 90, 91. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, why do you think that was 30 years ago? Why do you think that? I think, I'll be frank with you, I think it's harder to win in Canada. There's way more pressure on the organizations and the teams. Um, I'm serious. So it doesn't matter how much you improve the, improve the team, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. No Canadian team will ever. That's not true. That's not, that's, you, you don't think an, a Canadian team will ever win the Stanley Cup again? That's right. No, no Canadian team will ever win the Stanley Cup for as long as Gary Batman is in power. Oh, okay. Ed, look, uh, I appreciate the call. I respectfully disagree with your perspective, okay? Thanks, Ed. Okay. That's 780-496-0063. Let's go to Haji on line number three. Hello, Haji. How are you doing? I'm living the dream, Bob. How are you? Me too. Hey, I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Number one, when did Tampa Bay get over the hump? When they went out and they got some players that had that Stanley Cup pedigree, yeah, players that knew what it took to win, and um, the Oilers on this, well, this ideation of the Oilers have nobody that's won that cup. Yeah, they've had some playoff players, but none of them have won a Stanley Cup. And I think there's imperative for Holland to go out and get that veteran leadership to show these kids what it actually takes to win. Like uh, Sir Winston Churchill said, sometimes it's not enough to do your best. Sometimes you have to do what's required. And I think that was the difference in this series. Now, the other thing I've got a problem with is the loser's lament refereeing. It's not a loser's lament. I really noticed a difference in the way the officiating was was commented on once it went uh, into the, the playoffs. I mean, well... Somebody who you just spoke to earlier in in the day was very easy on the officiating in both rounds. And I look at that soft call on Broberg 
which then led to a five-on-three. Well, I, t- I tweeted. I tweeted. of that game. So. So here's a there's a guy named Cam Sharon, and he worked for the Toronto Maple Leafs organization for a number of years, and he statistically was able to prove that teams with good power plays got less calls in games five, six, and seven. Okay, the Oilers uh, in the four games that they lost to Vegas were more penalized than the Vegas Golden Knights. In the two games that Edmonton won, Edmonton had more power plays than Vegas. Though Vegas played stupid. In uh, stretches of game number two, you could argue the Oilers got a little undisciplined in game one. Um, losers lament. Here, here's the problem. Every time I say something about the officials, I got 16 or 18 really pious individuals that come out and you know, screw you, stuff here. I personally believe the officials have some challenges officiating at the pace that Connor McDavid can play at. I don't think Connor gets the calls. He's now he started to get more. Remember, for two straight years, the Chicago uh, series and the Winnipeg series, the world's best player did not draw a power play in eight playoff games against Chicago and Winnipeg. So I addressed it with somebody at the league. He didn't like it too much. I can tell you that right now. I said, "May I make you aware of the fact that for two straight years in the playoffs?" And he goes, it's a team game, blah, 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 blah. And, well, then the next year, which was last year, McDavid drew a lot more penalties. But here's my problem, Bob. That's not your job to be doing that. Where's Ken Holland? Well, he's supposed I mean, I'm sure he said it, too. I'm just saying I did, I, I'm saying I brought it up with the guy. Well, I okay. appreciate you did. But and I'm he didn't like they don't, And trust me, they don't like hearing about it from media guys. Okay? Because there's... Do you know in the NBA they actually have uh, Brendan? What's the guy's name? Is it Andrew Woj, uh, Wojnarowski? Oh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Okay, the Woj. He, if you go on his Twitter, he's actually tweeted out the summary of the officials' report, the calls that worked for and against teams after games. Did you know that they do that in the NBA? Frank yeah, and it Frank, holds them accountable. Frank Saravalli uh, from Daily Faceoff who's not beholden to the league and doesn't work for a respective team, has talked about the lack of accountability. I did not like the Broberg call. I tweeted about the Broberg call, and I had somebody chirp at me after the game on it, okay? And I was just like, you know, and I'm like, the backside official in a play where both Jack Eichel and Philip Broberg were holding each other the backside official, 50 feet away, Steve Kazari made the call. The Oilers deserved the other six penalties they took in that game. Absolutely they did. But that call was the call that flipped the game. Yep. And so I know, I, I just, I met, like, they lost in six to Vegas. It was a 2-2 series. The Oilers, it's incumbent upon everybody in the organization who can impact these things to make the, the players need to be better, the coaches need to be better, management's going to work to get in better players. That's part of what they do and grow and develop better players. And that's why I didn't really want to focus on the officials because it is, as we've stated before, it becomes a loser's lament, but it does impact things at certain times, especially in a series that goes six or seven games. My question is, when they go into the playoffs... Are the commentators given a hush order? Because Louie was not the same Louie he was during regular season. I don't know. You'll have to ask Louie that. I don't. Oh, come on, Bob. <laughs> nobody, sure nobody. I can tell you, nobody directly sends a hush order to the radio guys. But we're pretty irrelevant, uh, you know, because there are there are guys out there that 
they they get a little bit rattled if they hear some criticism directed their way. I'm kind of like, are you kidding me? I've known politicians that don't have very thick skin either. Like Haji, imagine being on the air and pushing for an arena deal in a city like Edmonton that's going to be voting primarily NDP in the next uh, provincial election. If you don't think I didn't take a lot of personal shots from guys who were explaining how I did certain things for certain people uh, that they probably wouldn't text to their friends or off their employer's phone. And I just rolled with the punches because you have to. you got to be able to take criticism. It comes with the territory. And let's just say there's thin people working in every aspect of life. Politics, sport, right? I mean, it comes with the territory. If you're somewhat in the public, you got to be able to take a little bit of ridicule once in a while. It's just the way it works. Amen. Thanks, man. And you do have the best job in the world, so enjoy it. All right. Yeah. Well, no, that's uh, it's it, it is fun. Seven eight zero four. Just take care. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> there we go. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. One eighteen in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. We got uh, a few more calls coming. We'll get to those and some Texas well in orders now. Let's see. One twenty in Edmonton here, Bob. No officials are under more scrutiny than the Major League Baseball umpires. There's 100-plus Twitter accounts that analyze their calls in depth. They're constantly under the microscope. The NHL needs to follow suit because the postseason was a disgrace for the Stripes. Brendan, I got to tell you, like, I didn't like a couple of the calls. I didn't like early against L.A., 15 power plays to eight in the first three games. And Edmonton had the puck. Like, how the hell does that happen? Two calls in overtime. I mean, what did Timo Solani say in the Vincent Day? They took Vincent Deharnay out of that series at one point. They did. The overtime call on Deharnay in game number one, when the guy steps on uh, what that was an egregious power play that the Kings got in game one. 15 to 8 in the first three games. And then what happened when they even the calls up? Then the Oilers took over the series. And I didn't like the call in game five when it occurred on Eichel. It's from Kazari on the backside. I had another texter say all backside calls should be... uh, They do evaluate. The league does evaluate the officials. We just don't hear about the evaluations. Here's the problem with all of this. Oilers lost in six to Vegas. Ken Holland said they were better than us in the regular season. They were better than us in the playoffs. How do the Oilers get there? How do they get to that next level? Because I don't want it to be a crap session on the refs. The Oilers got to find a way to play... You know, three and four rounds in the playoffs. Let's go seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, and we are going to go to Gord on line number one. Gord, you're in Oilers now. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yep. I'm 80 years old. I started playing in the WHA. You played in the WHA? That's many years ago. What's your last name? I can't tell you because I take too much flack when I tell you. All right. Anyhow, what, what do you got for us? I think the Oilers have got a Stanley Cup playoff team, but they're they're outcoached. Okay. What do you think? I think they went went up against a pretty good coach. That you know, Bruce Cassidy has the third best points percentage of any coach, any active coach in the NHL right now. Now, of coaches that have coached more than four hundred games, Jay Woodcroft has the best coaching record 100-plus games of anybody that's come in the league in the last 45 years. The, where, where did he coach? What's that? Where did he coach? Jay? Yeah. Well, he coached in the... He, he was in 
Detroit, San Jose, Edmonton, Bakersfield, Edmonton. So that's the Bakersfield isn't Edmonton, okay? Yeah. So you all right? So your point is you think that Jay was out coached? Totally. Uh, by okay. Thank you. Yep, you bet. Seven eight zero four. He waited a long time to get that point across. Seven eight zero four nine six zero. You know what? This is what happens when you lose in six in a series, and they they win the two games. You know, it was two two series tied, and they win game five and game six. You're going to get criticism. It comes to the territory. That opens up a phone line. Let's go to John on line number five. John, how you doing? Doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, well, first of all, what I'd like to say is I, I like the show. I listen to it all the time. And I have full support for Ken and Jay. I think Jay is a great coach. He never uh, criticizes his players openly. He, you know, he points out some mistakes. But, no, he's to me, he's the best-spoken coach in the NHL. As far as Louie goes, I think Louie is the best color guy in the business. And what I'm scared of is that we're going to lose him. Uh, I agree with you on the Broberg thing, 100%. Uh, and, you know, as far as Skinner and Campbell go, not totally their fault. A lot of the Oilers are to blame for that. And the players would tell you that. They would say this was not all on Stu Skinner. But Stu Skinner would tell you he's got a better than a 900 save percentage in the two series. Yeah, well... I mean, it is what it is, and, you know, a guy, and people that are saying, well, we got to get rid of Campbell and trade Campbell and all this stuff. Well, I don't know who else is out there that would be, you know, any kind of a of a, of a prospect let's for cut, us. Let's cut the BS here on Jack Campbell. They can't trade Jack Campbell unless they take a goaltender back with similar type challenges at roughly the same price point and the same term. It's a ver- They have no choice but to rehabilitate Jack, which is what they were trying to do in the second half of the season. So there's, like, this isn't... I mean, Elvis Merzlichkins had a very difficult year in Columbus... He actually had worse numbers than Jack. Now, I think Elvis is actually a pretty good goalie. I think that'd be a very risky proposition to flip the two goalies, and I'm not sure Columbus would do it. So, so now, there you go. Yeah, and now your question previously was, how do the Oilers improve? improve. Well, well, I, I'm not sure about moving players. I'm not as good as uh, you know as the general manager, so I don't know any of that stuff. But what I can tell you is that what I, I know you're a big nurse fan and I get that but I, I wish he wouldn't give away the puck so much and the same thing with Bouchard who you know he has made a big big improvement this year but he gave the puck away a lot too <laughs> so if those two guys would improve their defensive skills offensively they're okay but defensively Nurse has to pick it up and Bouchard has to quit <laughs> I don't know passing to the wrong guy or something All right. You know, and, I, and I like them both but you know they gotta improve that and Ekholm man that was a, such a good acquisition it's a great Right. Worked out well. By the way, uh, last night uh, I watched Schaefer for Seattle. He looked really good. He he was moving his feet. He's a big body. He can handle a puck a bit. I'm, you know what? Just because the Oilers trade a prospect like that, I, I still want to see Reed be super successful. He has a nice family, and uh, you got to give to get. The Oilers gave up two number ones, right? The number one this year and Schaefer last year in that trade. But Ekholm, oh, yeah. Ekholm brought a lot for Edmonton. Hey, thanks for the call, John. Yeah, okay? okay. You bet. Uh, Sean's going to have the final word in this segment. Sean, you're in Oilers now. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. 
So I just want to make two comments. Um, the second one is really not going to be popular, I'm sure of that. The first one is, you know, I, I, I really agree with your point, and I, as far as the refs are concerned, as far as the refereeing was concerned, and I think that the main point that you made, this was a couple weeks back on your show when you were saying, you know, you can't, it, when you're penalizing a team that's good at the power play, you're penalizing the team, and that's not fair. Right. right? It's like yeah, I, I agree with that 100. percent I mean, no, I don't want to be. Ooh, it's all the rest. That being said, that last game six, Ekholm in the face, his eyes bleeding. That's four minutes. That could have been a comeback. So I'll leave that there. The second comp, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, and and we're at the stage where when you're in the heat of the moment and you're working the game on the air and you see a call like they make on Broberg in Game Five, you're like, come on, you can't make that call from the backside official. That's but the the reality is Edmonton got beat by Vegas. So what does Edmonton need to do to be better to beat Vegas in the future? And, and I agree with that as a, as a final point. And then, and then I want to say this, and this is the one that's not going to make me very popular, and I want to make a couple, like, really quick. Make it quick. Dreisaitl is, Dreisaitl is amazing, okay, 100%. But I think the main difference between Dreisaitl and, and, and McDavid, what makes McDavid an absolutely great player is that you never see him whine, you don't see him bitch. Okay. Sorry, oops. And, and Dreisaitl, you know what? As, great a play, as good a player as he is, when he's not having a good game, it's apparent. Okay. And and I'd like to see Dreisaitl's attitude change a little bit. I know he's a superstar. Yeah. But McDavid's not good at something. He just improves on it. I'd like. I'd love. To, I don't want Dreisaitl going anywhere. I love him. But that's something that he. he I I do, well, I'll tell you this: Dreisaitl doesn't sweat fools. He doesn't screw around. Uh, so, sometimes he doesn't give reporters what they want for answers. I got zero problems with that. Uh, body language, I think, is overrated by some out there, but we heard your comment, so there you go. Okay? Thanks, Bob. You bet. 780-496-0063. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Randy Kilburn, and when we come back, uh, we'll hear from uh, Dallas Aikens, who just finished up some work with Sportsnet. You're listening to Oilers now.